Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can call us and leave a message or be a part of the show. Uh, With me this week is my dad. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing great, son. Back through the the machine to talk to you. (laughs) Um, You're here in the man cave. Yes, yes, you are. Uh, And I am here at the dinner table as I talk to you and enjoy... Our conversation as we talk about what a wild card weekend it was in that it wasn't very wild. Pretty much everybody everybody who we thought would win won. And the only problem with the week, the only thing people really got wrong was how bad the games were in terms of um, point differential. You know, you start off, first of all, I think the, one, the only real surprising game, I think, in terms of the outcome was that the Texans... Almost doubled up the Raiders, uh, 27-14 in Houston. This was their Houston's third straight uh, hosting playoff game, I believe. Um, and they, they won one again um, to the Raiders with uh, Connor Cook as their quarterback. His first ever start. I think they said the first ever time a, uh, a NFL debut has happened in the playoffs. And it showed. Well, I mean, it, it turned out to be a short order cook. I mean, that that was the, the the worst performance I've ever seen in the playoffs. I mean, I think you and I could have done that. I think you'd be right about that. I mean, that 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 was pathetic. Well, and then leading up to the, then you know, all I heard on the first of all, I didn't. The only game I watched was the uh, Giants uh, Packers game. We'll get to that one, of course. But so I was listening to all of these games on the radio, and. Uh, they just kept on going on and on and on about how this Texans defense, that people forget, number one ranked defense. Overall. Uh, overall. Overall defense, um, number one ranked. And, uh, you know, they put on quite the show. Um, but also uh, a common theme in this week's, um, this weekend's uh, slate of games was dropped passes. The one thing I'll say about Connor Cook on his side Michael Crabtree dropped at least three that I heard over. The, it hit him right in the hands. The announcers hit him right in the hands. Dropped him but right in the hands. I must have seen eight ten that never even got near a receiver. Well, that's true too. That is. I mean, they were just dead in the dirt. I mean, bad news. And they couldn't. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. I mean, I didn't hear. I I barely heard um, Walford, the uh, tight end's name, called at all. They just kept on going. Crabtree, Crabtree, maybe Cooper, maybe uh, Andre Holmes was the only successful uh, wide receiver for the uh, Raiders on on that game. And amazingly, they got 14 points out of it. Um, but ju- um, Clowney and Merciless, boy, if there was ever a perfect football name, Merciless <laughs> for the uh, Texans coming on both sides. So... Um, so that was that game. And then in the late Sunday, Saturday night game, Seahawks Beat up on the Lions, twenty-six to six. The Lions only got two fifty-yard field goals and nothing else out of their offense. Uh, the Seahawks 
Thomas Rolls ran for over 100 yards before halftime. Yeah, I think that was the surprise of the game. <clears throat> that they ran it? Yeah, that they ran the ball out well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, against a good Lions defense, look, I mean, we, we kind of figured this game, if there was any guarantee of the weekend, that was the guarantee, that was the lock. It was just a question of how big and how bad uh, would the score be. And it was pretty big, pretty bad. But how about three, maybe four catches of the year in one game? Um, the one-handed grabs. The one-handed Paul, Paul, was it Paul Robertson? I still don't even know. I'm still not even sure. Robinson or Robertson? I forget which one. It came out of nowhere, absolute nowhere, for three at three catches, two of them mind-bogglingly amazing. Um, well, I, I thought they, they made Stickham illegal years ago. <laughs> then they've been, they must have been working out their hands. Um, something, a lot of agility. Well, don't forget, it's not Stickham anymore, but they've got those plastic pleathery covers on the gloves so it's not stick them it's just a lot of friction that holds onto that ball um and then of course doug baldwin catching the ball by the seat of his pants on the seat of his pants um and and how about that catch in the end zone where it looked like it was going to one receiver, and the other guy just reached around and grabbed it. They were, yeah. It, yeah. Again, again, Doug Baldwin. He jumps in front of uh, um, Jermaine Curse and just steal like an interception. He steals it from his teammate. I don't think Curse was too upset. They still won the game, going away. But everything, everything went right. Everything went right, and the poor lines. Everything went wrong. I, you know, we've talked about in the past. This is a quarterback-driven league. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't do it. And if your quarterback is hurt. Aside from somebody like Roethlisberger, who walks around uh, like he's missing pieces, you know, ankle, knee, rib, uh, elbow, all this stuff. But with Carr going down, Raiders uh, got embarrassed. And then with Stafford, who pretty much, his ligament was detached in his finger. He should not, really shouldn't have been throwing the ball. Uh, he gutted it out, and he showed why he's, you know, their franchise quarterback. But that injury killed their season. And and it just it was more same old lions from that point on. Very unfortunate. Um, so then we'll go over to a, a big. I mean, this game was over first quarter even before that. Steelers thirty, uh, Dolphins twelve, um, in Heinz Field. Um, Antonio Brown another big game. Le'Veon Bell another big game. Um, there's not much to say there. The Dolphins one and done. And see you later. Well, the thing to be said about that is uh, Bell, that, that running back, how patient he is. I mean, it, it, it is amazing. I mean, who who would ever tell somebody to go to the hole and pause, wait till people commit, and then, you know, move? It, it's an amazing style. It is, and he does it like nobody else. I mean, this guy, truly, truly incredible. Um, and that, and that's why there really is no such thing as a prototype running back. Like all the other positions, you have you know size, mm-hmm. weight, you know, but not in the NFL running backs. Um, everybody has their own style. And I remember Jim Brown saying that he was bothered by uh, co- by coaching when he played because they wanted him to do push ups and stuff. And he said he needed to uh, save his arms. Yeah, with, with his style. So yeah, it, it's it's an interesting position. Anybody can play it. Any size, I mean. Anybody can. Anybody has. I mean, uh, big, small, uh, full. You know, basically um, switched football. Like bumpers, 
Yeah. You know, there's room for everybody. Yeah, former fullbacks become running backs. Former wide receivers are now running backs in the in the case of Ty Montgomery uh, and all that. And speaking of the Packers, let's get to the game that everybody was excited for, and it even had the prime spot, you know, for the last game of the weekend, which is always the the big one that people keep an eye out for. Well, it started off as advertised. It started out, I mean, just abs- just absolutely amazing. Um, Rodgers was held down. So I think uh, with three minutes left in the half, the um, yards per team breakdown was 192 for the Giants and like 20 for the Packers. <laughs> I mean, that defense that had been uh, building themselves up these last couple weeks um, for the Giants uh, really came to play. Spagnola again, doing a wonderful job. And it all looked like um, three lie. It all looked like history was going to repeat itself yet again. And then... But we know what happens when you dominate on the field, but not on the scoreboard. Yeah, all those po- and only six points. The score was six nothing. The Giants should have been up more than just two field goals, and it showed. Rodgers got the ball back. Three minutes left. Scores a touchdown, and then um, they get. The- and then on a really just, I don't understand. Everybody goes on about Paul Perkins, and everybody talks about Rasheed Jennings to a lesser effect. Bobby Rainey was, I'm pretty sure he was cut by the Buccaneers. I mean, this guy was so far down on the charts in Tampa Bay. He is in the most important game of the season at that point for the Giants. And he's taking the ball on a third and one? Ridiculous. Ridiculous play calling. And you know why they did that? Why is that? Because they were going to go hurry up and they wanted him on the field. But I, uh, <laughs> that's it, why they did it. But it's ridiculous. But real, but I mean, it's still the personnel is part of. Like Connor Cook didn't play well because he's not the quarterback that should be out there. Bobby Rainey should not have been the running back that was out there. But they wanted to go hurry up, and that's why they had him out there. Well, then have it to. I I just can't believe it. So well, it turned out they didn't make it. And the they... story was, as one of the reporters for the Post Willis said, uh, it was Kim Kardashian, uh, Kardashian and cleats. I mean, what what the heck was that social media star uh, Beckham doing? Well, I mean Beckham. Now I looked up his stats. Now. Don't forget, he was also in the 2012 uh, BCS championship game. That was the LSU-Alabama national championship game. Alabama won 21 nothing. 21-0, I'm sorry. He, um, I looked at his stats for the game. He had uh, five catches for 36 yards. Now, in this game, he, was four, he had four catches for 11 yards, and he had, I guess, I think three other drops. All, again hitting his hand, one of which in the second half that he makes every other week. But apparently he is now saddled with the scarlet letter of can't make it in the in the big stage, on the big moment. Uh, a Sunday night primetime game is not the big time. A playoff game is the big time. And Beckham it just did not shine at, to the point where he was so upset with himself that he punched a wall in the uh, Lambeau Field visiting locker room, uh, which was much to the uh, enjoyment of uh, social media, uh, putting uh, the crying Jordan meme face sticking through it, Aaron Rodgers looking through, you mad bro, all that stuff. Um, 
Yeah, so Beckham did not have a good game. And then Aaron Rodgers proved why he's he, he's one of the best. Um, they get the ball back after that failed third and one. And second, two seconds left on the clock, throws a Hail Mary into the end zone. And Randall Cobb, who, by the way, wasn't even supposed to play in that game because he was a game-time decision and he'd been injured, started, scored three touchdowns in the game, by the way. And his first one was on that, sneaking out behind Eli Apple and, and all the other guys. All those receivers caught everything thrown to them. I mean, kudos to those guys. I mean, they, they hung on to everything. And Rodgers spreads it around. I mean, Rodgers knows. He, he waits for people to get open. The people weren't getting open in the early part of the game. They found a way, the Giants and Spagnola, found a way to cover the receivers, keep Rodgers in the pocket, and force him to either throw it away or get sacked. But then just the plan started to fall apart in that Rodgers, who's so good, he can see all the little things. And he started to see little things after halftime, and he exploited them. Now, when did uh, Nelson go out? Nelson went out, I believe, first first half with a, I think it's a broken rib. He took a shot um, near the sidelines early in the game, uh, which looked pretty hard. But um, a kid, uh, liver. I mean, that was a, that's like an MMA. Bye bye bye. A mixed martial art. UFC. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, yeah, he didn't finish for today. No, and he's probably finished for this week as well. We'll get to that too. Um, so yeah, so just the game fell all the way apart for the Giants in a game that they could have won. Uh, I don't know if they should have won, you know. But well, let's. But you know, you you have to mention the lack of uh, field position awareness on that kick that looked like it was going to go out of bounds. They would have got it on. The Giants would have got it on the 40, and they ended up with it on the three. What was he thinking? Now, do you know who that was on that kick uh, on that kickoff? That was, that was the running back. That was Bobby Rainey again. <laughs> Bobby Ra- a, the reason why these guys are undrafted, there's a reason why they were with other teams, and they're not anymore. I mean, he deserves to be cut. I mean, I don't think you can repair that type of stuff. I mean, that's just uh, is lacking mentally. Bobby Rainey will not be back se- next season. Um, but, uh, look, there were a lot of reasons why the Giants lost the game, none of which were Eli. Eli did exactly what he had to. Uh, the defense did pretty well, but, look, you can only – you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. They contained, you know, Rodgers for a little while, but they couldn't stop him. The, the but they scored 38 points basically without Nelson. True, so, true. It, it, was, it was a giant collapse. It, it was a giant collapse, uh, literally and figuratively. Look, the, the punter had the worst game of his life. Yeah, that's the other thing. You give, the, you give Rodgers and the Packers short fields, they're going to score 38 points. If you kick it deep into their zone and don't let them return it past the 20, all right, maybe it'll only be a 20-point game. Now, was the win that bad? I mean, you should never kick, you know, low-line drive kicks. I mean, no. they're going to be returned. You can't get coverage down there quick enough. I agree. I don't, because of the win to, to get the hang time, because he wouldn't get distance. But, I mean, no matter what he did, it was wrong. It was. And then <clears throat> David Harris didn't do well on uh, returns, and so they put out Bobby Rainey. And uh, only a couple weeks ago against the Lions, we saw how smart um, some special teams players can be with that kickoff. Was it, a, it was a kickoff, 
and uh, the Lions player uh, put one foot out of bounds and then uh, covered up the football near the sideline for a you know a, a ball that then it would be put at the 40. Rainey apparently either wasn't well coached or as we said there's a reason he's been on so many teams and been out of a job so many times. That he didn't do that. He just caught it and was like, ah, I'm going to tip. Uh, I can't. I, I have to give up. And but there was nobody around him. You can't tip backwards, get up and run. I mean, it was just, just uh, no, it was hard to watch. Hard to watch. It, was, it was very hard to watch, especially for the, for the Giants um, and the Giant fans to see. But look, um, you know, and then you've already heard uh, Jerry Reese, the, G- the GM of the uh, Giants, um, already saying that, Beckham's got to grow up. Other people talking about it, uh, and I heard a name invoked. I mean, who who that, is he, Captain Obvious? I well, mean, where, where's he been for the whole year? Well, basically, well, because when uh, when everything's going right, you know, it's only when it's only when things are exposed, uh, especially in front of a large audience, that the questions start to become more intense. And I heard a name not invoked in a very long time, Jeremy Shockey. <laughs> And that right. a lot of people are saying this could, this might end up a very uh, Jeremy Shockey like um, situation with somebody like Beckham. Uh, Shockey had a lot of talent, but boy, he did what he wanted to. Uh, he got a ring out of it in in New Orleans, but I mean, he's he could have played a lot longer than he he did. And Beckham's starting to go that same way. So this is what happens when you read your own press clippings. <laughs> true, true, and yeah, for somebody who catches an awful lot of one-handed balls, it, there was that one on a third down um, that yeah. he he could have had, but nope, nope, nope. And but you know, it reminds me once. I remember when Buddy Ryan, you know, he's not with us anymore. I mean, he, he was an exciting coach. Uh, I remember when he said uh, when he retired that he was going to uh, train horses because horses don't read the papers. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, that's a good example of that. You know, you start believing that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and uh, you're not. No, it's a very good point. It's a very and it's a league where you got to prove yourself every time you step out there. Very true. Um, so then, so that leads us into this week's games. Um, uh, for um, sorry, uh, divisional weekend. Right. Uh, four games. Uh. Who are your best bets, Dad? Well, I mean, I can't imagine that New England's not going to win that thing. The question is, uh, by how much and how much will they score against this? Well, I know that line. I mean, it's amazing because we've already described that the Texans are the number one overall rated defense, yet they're getting 15 and a half or 15. I mean, that's shocking in itself. And as I've called them, the the Patriots of the South, uh, with Romeo Cornell and Bill O'Brien and Mike Vrabel, all of which who are former Patriot coaches and or players on that staff. The, the Texans are like 3-0 beer. 3-0 beer? Yeah, you know, with, with the low alcohol content. Oh, <laughs> O'Doul's. They're, they're O'Doul's. Pretty much, and that's the real deal. All right, fair enough. Um so Patriots, I mean, now now is that line, you know, depending where you're looking, 16 and a half, 15, 15 and a half? Yeah it's, yeah, it's right around there. I mean, it's prohibitive. I mean, usually, you know, you would never, I, I don't, 
I mean, I'm thinking the only time I saw a line like that in the playoffs might have been when the Jets got 18 against the Colts. I mean, it's just unheard of. It is. It is. Yeah, but, and, and, I, and the league that's supposed to have parity. And the Texans under Bill O'Brien have, uh, well, were they under? Uh, well, anyway, the Texans uh, have gone to um, uh, New England several times, have gone to Gillette Stadium a couple times in their playoff history, and yeah, it, it's never worked out well for them. So, and really, whoever whoever wants oh, and Brady's sorry. on a mission. There's something to prove. And plus, he didn't play four games. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I, of course, I'm liking them. Has you'd be silly not to, or a yeah. Texans fan. Uh, any what other games? So, so now you got so we'll, we'll follow that uh, by uh, Atlanta because that's a team we didn't see last week either. Right. And uh, I'm liking them because uh, they can really put up the points. You know, they've scored over 500 this year. Yeah. No, they, they their offensive uh, power is uh, unmatched. Uh, and the Seahawks are going on the road. And this was a very hotly contested game when they last met during the regular season. Um, 26-24, the Seahawks won. Uh, in, in Seattle. In Seattle. Uh yeah, in a game that technically should not have ended, uh, if uh, depending on the um, if you believe the Falcons' uh, coaching staff, uh, depending on like clock was it clock management or something about the ball or I forget which, but in any case, yeah. So well, you know, it's always foggy up there, so who knows what's going on. <laughs> uh, and then to the Sunday games, what about there? Well, I mean, I'm liking the Cowboys. I know a lot of people are hot on Rodgers. Again, they got to uh, take that uh, that show on the road. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of the over in that game. I think uh, it's fifty-one. I think it's fifty-one and a half. I mean, unless you know, unless the Cowboys try to keep that uh, ball control, keep because that's you know you want to keep Rodgers off the field. I mean that you know, but I'm thinking the over. It's, I don't think you're gonna hold both those teams down. No, I agree. I I think the over there is the way to go uh, with that game. And then you got the Chiefs are at home against the hot uh, Steelers. But the question is, will Big Ben play the whole game? Now, in that game last week, why didn't they take him out, right? And then, boom, he got drugged down from behind, got the boot on. Now he says the boot's off. I mean, it was on there for a reason. Yeah, but Roethlisberger has played that way. And with a running game like theirs, with somebody like right. Le'Veon Bell, and even if they want to spell him with D'Angelo Williams, I mean, still... Uh, he's he's holding off Father Time. He's been doing great every time Bell's out. So there's plenty of he doesn't need. Roethlisberger doesn't have to win the game. You know what I mean? He yeah, sure, sure. So he, he's well, actually, that line that line's creeping down. What is it at one one and a half now? Oh yeah, I think so. One one and I have I have it here at one and a half. Yeah, yeah. That's it, that's a. That's a really but interesting. So both you've of them. Seen a few Chiefs games this year. What do you make of it? Um, I I think that's very fair. I mean, the Steelers have much more of a pedigree, uh, at least this core, in the playoffs than you know Andy Reid in the playoffs. I mean, that just th- th- there's very little confidence there. I mean, this is a guy who led the Eagles to what five straight championship games in the NFC, but he only won one of them, uh, and he was favored in I think all of them. Um, but just un- until we see it, we can't really believe it. But, I mean, this is a team worth believing in. 
Um, Tyreek Hill is is doing his best Cordell Stewart impersonation. The defense is really good. I I, I do like the Chiefs. I do like the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I, I kind of like the Cowboys too. I th- that's just gonna, I I agree with you on the over because um, there's not going to be much defense to stop. It's just who makes the least amount of mistakes or who capitalizes on the most amount of mistakes. Like, who's going to get the interception? Who's going to get the fumble? Who's going to, you know, tip a ball? Who's going to score an off uh, a special team touchdown? These are the intangibles. Right, things you can't account for. Um, the rentness of the game. Right. Um, but the... Yeah, it's just interesting, and I, I agree with you. Look, Patriots, yeah, of course, moving on. Uh, so, so, so you don't like any road teams? I think the closest I would take to a road team would be the Packers. Right. But I, I just I, I think the Cowboys are pretty close. Um, I'll get back to the Packers. How about that Hail Mary? I mean, I don't know what the odds are but I'm of completion rates or whatever, but it's very low in the Hail Mary. But this guy is amazing. And how do you not get – Far enough back to cover that at the end. It's true. Uh, I guess because you don't, you don't, you don't really. T- you take a, uh, a hail mary. No, nobody leaped for it. I mean, it's just really. You take you take a hail mary seriously at the end of the fourth quarter. You take it halfway serious at the end of the second quarter. To right. say that, I mean, look, you hear about what was it um, last year? So that- Last, so that was the dagger that did him in. Well, of course, but you don't think that. You don't think that because, you know, and to be fair, when the Giants got the ball in the second half, they went down and scored. It was only a one-point game. So everything was still looking good for them. It was just after, so, I mean, revisionist history, you know, looking back on it saying, well, that was what killed them. Well, during the game, it was more shocking. But then when they scored, the Giants scored the touchdown to make it third, uh, 14-13. Right. You were like, okay, well, maybe it's not as bad. You know, maybe they can overcome that. So when we're done with the game, we look back and like, wow, that really just sunk them. Um, but, I mean, uh, last year with the uh, Lions-Packers, uh, and, you know, he again throws a Hail Mary. That was his first big one, the one to Richard Rodgers. But every, I, I heard a lot of people saying, how come Calvin Johnson isn't on the field back there? How come you don't, you know, on, on onside kicks you have the quote-unquote hands team. How about on sure. a Hail Mary? Where's your hands team there where's your tall team so on the at the you know right before halftime uh what's the worst they can do they score a touchdown okay it's not going to win them the game but when it happens it's pretty demoralizing and then i guess the moral of the story is that's what happens when you don't pay attention to detail well true and i think that that's that's a big reason why the giants are at home and the packers are now in dallas and dallas uh can take a small deep you know Cowboy fans can take a small deep breath, but not a big one. You know, they didn't want to see the Giants again, but they also didn't want to see the Cowboys, and they really wanted the Lions to win, so they had to play them. But it doesn't work out that way. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to take a small moment out of our broadcast today to quickly tell you about the only live financial call show in major market radio. It is run by a talented, young, and truly an up-and-coming star in the world of financial advisors. This person has been on Comcast, CNN, CNBC, and quoted in U.S. News and World Report, and the list goes on and on. 
I'm talking about Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Josh hosts the Financial Quarterback Show 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturdays and 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on 710 WOR New York and on stations around the country. He teaches people how they may be able to lower risk, minimize taxes, and maximize wealth. He's available for you for a no cost one hour review of all your matters financial by calling 888-988-JOSH that's 888-988-JOSH on your touchstone dials he's also known as a down and distance play caller he finds out where you are on the financial field and where you need to get to as josh would say don't go it alone you don't have to so get in the huddle with the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski. Let him customize a financial game plan for you. Speaking of staying on football for a few minutes, let's uh, stay in the NFL. Let's talk about the um, what's been going on uh, uh, around the NFL, too. Specifically, the coaching carousel uh, continues to roll. Um, we talked about uh, the openings. Uh, Gary Kubiak left, and um, they interviewed Kyle Shanahan, the son of Mike Shanahan, who basically grew up around the Broncos and John Elway to the point where he was even John Elway's like throwing partner, right? Um, and he had apparently an amazing interview uh, with them. Uh, he of the uh, offensive coordinator of the Falcons right now. Uh, you don't think that was window dressing? I think it was part of it. I mean, I also do think that they might have, you know, they do have a very personal relationship or a much more than just business relationship in terms of, you know, the Shanahan and Elway and even the Broncos in general. Um, but but his, his father burned some bridges. He did, but, you know, the sins of a father sometimes do and sometimes don't affect the, the son. And I think with somebody like Kyle, who's, you know, he's still looking for his first head coaching job. Elway's keen to that. I think what it was was, you know, let me write you a really good letter of recommendation. Wilson, look, I'm sure his interview was outstanding and amazing in all the adjectives that they used, but I also think at the same time they might have pumped it up just a little bit, like, hey, we're, we're not going to hire him, but, boy, if you don't, you are a fool. So, yeah, but they, they ended up playing to their strength defense. Yeah, Vance Joseph, uh, who most recently was the defensive coordinator for the uh, Miami Dolphins, which did, hey, they did really well this year. Um, his pedigree includes um, uh, 49ers uh, defensive backs, um, Houston defensive back coach, uh, most recently the Bengals defensive back coach. You know, I mean, that was a very good, you know, the last couple of seasons. That's been good for Cincinnati, so. Um, but what I heard interesting, I heard something very interesting about his career. He played at the University of Colorado as a quarterback and as a running back. It was only when he went as undrafted uh, and signed with the Jets in '95 that he switched to defensive back. And you've heard about somebody like Belichick or specifically uh, John Harbaugh that they make excellent head coaches in part because they were special teams coach and that what debilitates a lot of these assistant turned head coaches is that they're only one side of the ball uh, experienced and that the other side is their is their death kneel so to hear that joseph has experience in the college level but still experience nonetheless um he's well-rounded he's very well-rounded and i think that that will work him out i was kind of surprised that they want defense i mean that look their defense is strong and it, it's won one it 
it is what won them the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50. Sure. But I think that their offense was a little bit more of a question mark. And somebody like Elway, you'd think he'd want an offensive coach. He played under Dan Reeves, who was an offensive head coach. I think if he had a quarterback, it might have been different. Well, you know, that's Paxton Lynch. Uh, Pax, Paxton Lynch, sorry. Um, now, the uh, hubbub uh, surrounding who's going to be on his staff Wade Phillips is currently available. He, he he's he's on the open market basically, and he he Vance Joseph uh, was the defensive backs coach under uh, Wade Phillips in Houston, so they have a connection. Bring him back, and then Mike McCoy of the recently fired uh, now L.A. Chargers. We'll get to that. Um, he was a former Broncos uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, there's talk of maybe bringing him in, so it keeps that sort of lineage going for Elway it's it's people he knows and people he trusts and that it can might help out uh, this rookie head coach um, so there was that he's the most high profile general manager oh absolutely absolutely can you name another general manager yeah Reese for the Giants okay uh, name a third <laughs> good point uh, and I'm just and we only know Reese because I just recently mentioned his name um, well, he also spent a lot of money last year, and that raises you know awareness. That is that is very true. Whoa, that is very true. Um, another head coaching uh, hire for the Bills. Uh, they did not go with Anthony Lynn. They decided on Sean McDermott. He was the Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator the last couple seasons. Did an excellent job with them. Um, well, that's where coaches go to die. So yeah, I don't, I don't expect much there. But another defensive coach up there, uh, Doug Marone, does stay in Jacksonville, and uh, and they also they had interviewed Tom Coughlin. But I well, think, you like him, yeah. I thought he he did really well. Speaking about you know places go to die, he did really well in Buffalo, um, and they just fired him because what he was eight and eight. I I didn't understand that. It was a little awkward. From what I understood, the team wasn't buying in. Well, I think that's probably true. So now, so now Marone different for him. Yeah, now Marone stays in Jacksonville, and now he's got a new boss uh, in Tom Coughlin. They interviewed him for a head coach for the head coaching position. It might have been like just a nice gesture, but then apparently they just decided to hire him. I think as what president or basically he is the last line in terms of uh, personnel. Like he's the last decision. Like well, this. is he too old for the game? At least on the field. Um, I did enjoy the joke that, uh, well, now the Jacksonville Jaguars will have uh, a lot more Werther's original candy uh, around right. because he's going to, you know, old people candy. Uh, so, um, yes, well, old people go to Florida, don't they? That is very true. And he, you know, he's got his uh, pedigree there as a first coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to get well, people. How many years away are they? I mean, this guy Bortles gets sacked so much, he throws the ball away. I mean, is he the answer? There's a lot of problems there. He's the answer until somebody else comes along, and nobody's going to come along for at least two more years. I mean, that's just the long and short of it. So they'll give it a try, and then they'll figure out what to do from then. Uh, Now on to San Diego. That's the big story. Well, San Diego, um, still looking for a head coach, but now the San Diego Chargers are now the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, They have three teams there? I'm sorry? They have three teams there? No, two. 
too. Uh, the, Raiders? the Raiders are in Oakland. Uh, however, right. that's until oh. they move to Las Vegas. Right. And that's pretty much, it's almost a done deal, but, um, you know, the, there's still a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I the, mean, you know, they pretend that they're, you know, that there's no gambling. That's the way the NFL approaches it. I know, but there's a reason why we talk about spreads here on this podcast and why when anybody... Well, t- I, I, I didn't say it was, you know, unpopular. I'm just saying that, you know, they they got their head in their sand about it. Right. So there's a lot of hoops to jump through. That's not as hard as saying, all right, you can go to L.A. Um, but, I mean, it it just makes more... It just makes sense. And especially because I've heard very, very prominent, powerful people, uh, not only just in Los Los. Los Las Vegas, but also just in general. I forget the he's the guy he's in charge of one of the hotels out there. He's right. he's basically like he even tries to get favor power with like po- politicians. He's so powerful and rich. Yeah, but you know, I mean, from a fan perspective, you know, with the you know, okay, it's not going to affect fantasy, but you know, from a gambling perspective, they're not going to even allow they're not going to allow that. I mean, you can't you can't even bet it in Vegas. That's true. Yeah. So I so, so now you're down, you know, you're down to 15 games. Well, you just And then when you have bye weeks, you have less. So they they reduced the menu doing that. Right. Well, you just have to watch and see uh well, first uh, I mean, Las Vegas has to show what they can do with hockey with any professional team uh at a major level uh before they dip their toes into the NFL, but we'll we'll, we'll see when that actually happens. But what is I'm happening? Not, yeah, I, I don't like the idea. I hope it doesn't happen. I, well, you know, the Raiders are quote-unquote poor. The same thing with the Chargers are quote-unquote poor. So, you know, they're going to do what they want. And... Well, look where they did, did you see where they're going to play these games? They're going to play it in a soccer stadium. In like the 30,000 30, people. The home... now, I think I think what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to rip the fans off. Where are they going to get revenue? They're going to have to raise prices, no? How, how are they going to do that? Well, you thought 30,000 30, people. 30,000 try 27,000. 27,000 at the at Home Depot Stadium where the LA Galaxy play. Is their interim term until the um, Stan Kroenke two billion dollar palatial mansion is finished, and they move in there as tenants for one dollar a yeah, year? But why can't you play in the Rose Bowl? The, because the same reason. Because the, the real why? reason. Well, all right. Two reasons. Number one, they're leaving Qualcomm, formerly Jack Murphy Stadium, because it's quote unquote not state of the art and blah blah blah. So then. Uh, why go to some place that's just as run down or equivalent of the Coliseum? No real. But how could it be run down? A college team plays there every all, and you got a ball game in there. It's it's how run down could it be? When I say run down, I don't mean it as it is a run down facility. However, it is of a billionaire owner looking at his million dollar team and saying, "Well, we can't, we can't." Go there? That's beneath us. We'd rather go to a soccer stadium? But now, with that, the other point is, when you look at baseball stadiums that are being built now, they're being built at a smaller capacity. So, as you just mentioned, fewer seats, higher ticket prices makes it more, um, uh, makes it more, you know, exciting to go, not exciting, but... Well, listen, it's special. We know they're suffering from spinosis, and this is a good a good example. Right now, doesn't um, 
Now, with the isn't there a small kink in the fact that the owners have to sign off on the Rams or on the uh, Chargers going to LA? Well, that's how they all get these, you know, like you know, t- uh, tickets, and they get kickbacks. They get paid. I mean, right. So that's that, that's not a clean bidding process. <clears throat> no, um, but it will it's, be. Uh, right. It's more secretive than the Coke formula. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. It will just be very, very interesting to see if this all comes to pass, um, how they will be treated in Los Angeles, and how... Well, they're, they're going to wear the powder blue. Which I think is good. Now, don't forget, they were originally the L.A. Chargers. They um, started off their inaugural season in L.A. I think it was only after that first season they moved down to San Diego. But hasn't L.A. proved that People aren't interested in football there. Aren't there so many other distractions? There are, and there are t- there are so many other people who are not native to L.A. whose allegiance lie elsewhere. They're like teams in Florida, like fans in Florida. There are more Met fans than Marlin fans. There are more Yankee fans than Braves fans. Oh, absolutely. And so there's probably more Cowboys fans out in L.A. and Southern California than there are Chargers and Rams combined. But still... You can you know, the NFL is always, always, always looking for a way to make money. So how are they, what's one way to make more money? If you go into the second largest, um, uh, uh, second largest city in America, or second largest television market in America, and try to make more money there. Well, the NFL is a lot like government. They never admit mistakes. No. And they, they just double down. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And that's, that's what you're having. So it will be interesting to see. And the logo uh, for the L.A. Uh, Chargers, um, some people have compared it to the L.A. Dodgers logo sticking its tongue out. Some right. have said it looked like um, if the Dodgers logo and the Tampa Bay Lightning do- uh, logo had a baby. Um, Boy, I, this, this sounds bad. Uh, I think my favorite one is where they have, so it's a capital L and then a capital A. And so the the leg of the capital L goes through the A to make the line across in the capital A, and then there's, it, no, there's no bulk. No, but here's the thing: on the other side of that A, through the center line, then it becomes the bolt. So hmm. the bolt is going forward away from the A, um, and then of course you know again social media having their fun. I think but the my favorite one that I saw was. They had the capital L and the capital A, and then they put ST around it. So it says <laughs> Chargers, last place, <laughs> which is probably going to happen. That's um, a good one. Right. So the Chargers move there. Still no head coach. Uh, talking about head coaches, though, continuing there. Um, speaking of L.A., uh, just not long ago today, uh, as of this recording, um, Thursday the 12th of the uh, formerly now, the offensive coordinator for the Redskins the past three years, is right. now the new head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. He is the youngest head coach in NFL history at the age of 30, surpassing what? Lane Kiffin, um, born January 24, 1986. He is the grandson of John McVay, uh, right. former general manager of the 49ers during their Super, five Super Bowl winning seasons. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's there. He's been with Washington since 2010 as a tight ends coach mainly. 
uh, and then most recently an offensive coordinator. So the Redskins fired all their defensive uh, coaches, and now this guy walked. Yeah, well, somebody else. Um, so, so, this so, what happens when you get the wrong Gruden. <laughs> well, the other Gruden didn't want to leave because he just wants no. to talk about, I love this guy, this guy's amazing, blah, 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 um, well, he's, on your Monday yeah, nights. It looks like he bought uh, uh, Madden's old bus, and he's got the grinder going, and uh, quarterback camp, and, you know, he, he's got it good. He's all about it, I tell you what. Good for him. Um, all right, so so that's just a, that's a recent hire from today. Uh, but also, what also came over is, uh, speaking of, I uh, just got this, uh, speaking of the Los Angeles Chargers, going back to them, they have also found a new head coach, Anthony Lynn. He of the interim head coach Buffalo Bills, former offensive coordinator for the Bills for two years, and mainly a running backs coach. He goes to the Chargers, and he's now the head coach there. Man, that 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 franchise looks looks in bad shape. It does, you know the fact that they they shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be in L.A. But yeah, this is this is bad news for the NFL. So we'll see what happens with that. So the only team without a head coach right now is the Forty ers um, which at this point, if they don't go after somebody like Josh McDonald or, or hire somebody like Josh McDonald or or McDaniel, I should say Josh McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan, then either somebody's lying to the masses about how good these coordinators really are, or they've got something else that we don't see. Well, is the general manager still there? Uh, no, Balky is gone. Oh, then there's hope. That's the idea. So, But, you know, when you're last, uh, you're going to get uh, slim picking. Mm-hmm. you, you got to get to the dinner table early. That's very true. Um. So going, so let's stay in football, but let's go to the collegiate ranks. The uh, national championship game was played. Um, well, first of all, you. first of all, you the division, uh, the football championship subdivision, FCS, uh, the James Madison University Dukes uh, defeated Youngstown State Penguins. I enjoyed that they were the Penguins. Uh, beat them there down. They were penguins, and they didn't wear black and white. It was red and white. you believe that? I I can actually, I, I don't know. Uh, they're run by Jim Tressel, formerly the Ohio State head coach. He's the athletic director, but still. Um, yeah, they beat up on Youngstown State, and now they are the FCS uh, champions, uh, James Madison University, uh, which is kind of close to me and my family. Uh, in the surrounding town, um, a lot of my family members live there, and family members of my own have gone to that school. So it's kind of like a, uh, um, the home away from home. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. So to see that win on ESPN, which was nice enough Those to show. Dukes. So JMU is the champions there. Um, but then the following day was the big time, the uh, not quite the granddaddy of them all, but still the the new important one, the beast, uh, the. Um, National, the college playoff uh, championship game, Clemson over Alabama in the waning minutes and seconds of the game. Um, it didn't look good early. Um, I, Alabama rushed out to a 14-0 start. Uh, Watts, Deshaun Watson couldn't do much, and then just before halftime they scored, so it kept it close. And then after halftime I turned it off because I started to see the score was 24-14. I was like, I, this can't happen. It doesn't look like, look like it's going to work out well for them. But they came back. Clemson was able to come back. Deshaun Watson 
uh, and Clemson got revenge against Alabama. They still gave up a, a huge touchdown to that tight end Howard, who killed yeah, them. Again, yeah. Who killed them in the previous championship game? So, right. yeah, but they were able to escape, and Deshaun Watson declared for the NFL uh, draft. Uh, he has nothing well, left the, to prove. But the exciting part, if it it was first and goal, what, what two seconds, six seconds, something? Yeah, it was really near the end of the game, and they were able and to they threw it in. Yeah, and and yeah, they threw it in, which I was very very surprised by. I thought they for sure were going to kick it and try to tie it, but they went for the win and. <laughs> But the great part of it was win or lose. It wasn't, you know, tie. There was no tie chance. I mean, that that, that was the exciting part of it. That's very true. Good point. So the Clemson is now the uh, uh, champions of the college football ranks, first time since 1981. Uh, so go Tigers. So Bear Bryant's run is still still legend. It's still legend. I mean, look, Saban's is still legend. What if Saban wins next year? I mean, that's still... Six championships in what? Eight years? Nine years? That's still impressive. But let's see if that happens, or if he's just like, you know what? I'm tired. Hey, Norn. Hey, Forty Niners. You want want to give me a job? It could happen. It could happen. I can't see him doing that. No, but you know, it can. I, I don't think his style plays with the pros. Right. Uh, moving over to basketball, college basketball, real quick. Uh, Grayson Allen, who he of the uh, kicking incident, tripping incident, whatever you want to call it. Comes back after his suspended game, and then, uh, depending on how you believe it, although the uh, the person said it wasn't intentional, shoved a opposing team's uh, assistant coach uh, after a play. Um, right. So you know, a lot of people are questioning Grayson Allen's um, uh, temperament and uh, sportsmanship, but apparently the the assistant coach. For uh, Florida State said, nah, you know, it's okay. It was just part of it. He was going for the ball, blah, blah, blah. So uh, that's that. Um, over in the NBA, um, the Knicks and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose left the team. Just unexcused absence. Didn't give a reason. Just left. Uh, didn't he say it was something with his mom? Something like that. But at the time, there was no, hey, I got to go to my mom. There was no, I, we should talk about this. Or He's just like, nope, I'm gone. And don't forget, uh, Joaquin Noah, uh, teammate from the Bulls and on the Knicks currently, somebody you might consider close enough that you might have a cell phone. Hey, uh, send me a text. You know, what's <laughs> going on? None of that. Just left. People were like, what? But does he suffer from depression? Is there a deeper issue there? Or well, is it just the end of the line for him? Well, I think there's a couple things. To, I think there might be something to depression, part of it. Um, this is a guy who was a, a perennial MVP candidate and basically allowed the Bulls to be considered uh, one or two in the East for several years. But he went down with injury after injury after injury at the most at the worst times in the seasons during his wonderful MVP candidacies, he would just go down with an ankle injury or a knee injury and just really bad. And now he, here he is playing, honestly, third fiddle behind Carmelo and Porzingis for the Knicks. And well, I, Porzingis is the story there. Porzingis is really good. He's a really good player. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So now you got a question, Jackson. I mean, $15 million a year for a part-time uh uh, it, it looks more like a fan than a, than a, than management. Jackson doesn't. He doesn't. He, he's he's pretty much clocked out. He doesn't. He's not going to be there much longer. 
he might. Go, I don't even know if he's going to go back to L.A. With, at least with the Lakers. I think this might be his last job. Period. Uh, I, Horn- I think it's over. I think it's over for him. Jeff Hornacek. You know, it's his rookie year as as a head coach for the Knicks, but it hasn't been working out well this year. Um, and then most debil- most embarrassing, they lost to the Seventy Sixers, probably the worst team. Uh, not just this season, but the last several seasons, um, when they were up by 10 late in the fourth uh, fourth quarter, uh, and they lost on a buzzer beater to the 76ers. That's bad. Oh, yeah. Now, a bigger p- uh, part of the story, I think, in the NFL is should, shouldn't they move that three-point line back? I was watching some highlights, and these guys are shooting at five, seven feet behind the three-point line. They're just banging them in there. I mean, I've never seen so much three-point shooting. But... Do they do enough three-point shooting? I think that's that's the question. I think if you move it back, they'd be less inclined to shoot it. Now but they might. They're shooting it, but they're shooting beyond it. I mean, they're not walking up to the line; they're staying back and shooting. I mean, right. I understand that, but how? I, I mean, who's taking you, those? You shots? think it's good for the game? I think it's good for the game. I think it's fine. Also, it makes them look more impressive. Because don't forget, that's a short, that's a small court. For, if, and you got less injury chances. You have less injury chances. So if you move it back, I mean, look, there's no, everybody talks about it's a it's a dunk or it's a it's a deep shot. There's no. Well, th- I mean, I, you know, if I was left alone to do it, first of all, I'd raise the basket height. Okay, I can and, see that. And I'd move the three point line back, and I'd get and I'd get another rep in there. Well, I, I'm up for the other ref, but I, I leave the line where it is until you you really see something crazy. I think they're just more accurate. I think that's the thing. I think accuracy has taken a big leap um, this last generation of basketball players. Um, I, I think that they're just more accurate. Uh, for well, it's just kind of exciting when the camera follows the ball in the arc. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it also it's it's just it really is the best play in I think in basketball deep and at the buzzer because you can hear people just taking deep breaths in at that moment you know and then when it hits then it goes you know the crowd goes off so just yeah I, I say leave that line where it is and go for and you know deal with the other well, stuff why don't we move it back um, 10 more feet and make it a four point play you could do that. I, I'd actually say at, behind uh, half court should be the four point play, like re- <laughs> like really make it a big thing. Like, all right, you're in, you're in the way in the back. You're on the other half. Yeah, that's a four point play. I'd say. And then maybe again, we shouldn't fix things that work because it's working just fine. Steph Curry's one of the more popular players in the game. It's also a it's a smaller man's game. You know the 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 center is not what it used to be. No, um, no way. No, I mean Shaquille's gone. I mean, and that's just recent. But I mean, nobody's nobody would compare to Russell and. Uh, yeah, Kareem. you're not feeding the big man. No, yeah, and there's not. There's, everybody can do it individually. Right. So now, if anything, it's the small guys. It's Curry. It's you know, yeah. uh, you know, Wade for a while doing it all that stuff. It just yeah, it's a smaller it's a smaller man's game. So. All right, Dad. Well, thanks for. I know this is a long episode, but thank you very much. A lot to talk about. A lot going on in the NFL and the world of sports, and that's what we do here. We talk about it. So, Dad, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome, son. Uh, enjoy the games, everybody. Please, uh, Andrew. Please take it away. 
This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.